Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my good friend Karen, who is known around the Taiwanese community as Karen Chen. 是的，今天我们来宾 Karen 除了每个星期一晚上是担任 Formosa News 的这个英文新闻主播以外，也是 Sensei 英文线上学习平台的创办人哦。My guest today is Taiwanese American. She is the co-founder of EdTech company OK Sensei. She is a weekly news anchor for Formosa TV. She is incredibly kind, curious, motivated, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome Karen. Hi, everyone. This is Karen. You just told me off air. You are the Monday news anchor for、right. is it Formosa TV? Formosa News, yeah. Formosa News on channel one five two. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. So I don't want to go too much into that, but yeah, how how is that being like a, a weekly English news anchor?、Uh, you know, it's pretty neat. I actually studied broadcast journalism in undergrad, believe it or not. So it's not like super outside of you know the realm for me, but、um, it is pretty cool to be able to do that in Taipei and be kind of live on the air Monday nights at nine thirty. Awesome! Yeah, check it out, channel one five two. Yeah, awesome, awesome. But today, I was hoping we could talk about a few things. Okay. Your company and your kind of inspiration to get more involved, really jumping off the deep end into kind of the education space here in Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you give our audience a little introduction here on NG yeah, One? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone.、Uh, my name is Karen, and I'm from Los Angeles originally. And I moved here about four years ago, actually, to work for a multinational company in Taipei. And I did that for about a year before I pivoted to sort of the education space, where、uh, I currently now have my own platform that I started with a couple of partners called、uh, Sensei. And the, our website is oksensei.com, and we're basically an edtech platform、um, that is speaking based. So we help people to practice speaking English outside of the classroom using our AI-powered platform. So so cool, yeah, and I love that. So four years ago, you moved over to Taiwan. Okay,、mm -hmm. okay, and since then, you have become an entrepreneur. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy to look back and think about all the things that have happened. I know, like four years is not a short amount of time, but it also just goes by in like a blink of an eye, too. Yeah, I, I could totally agree. As we were just mentioning, I just got my APRC, and I I can't believe I was like, wait, have I been here for over five years now? <laughs> It's a huge accomplishment. So congratulations! <laughs> It's a big deal. Yeah, thank you. So much to talk about in terms of your company and your life, but I was thinking, yeah, can we, can you share a little bit more about your journey with starting Sensei? Maybe what was the inspiration to get involved with the edtech space? Oh, absolutely! For me,、um, I think it's really rooted in like problem solving. Like I love to solve problems. Like I can't、yeah. help myself. Like I really can't help myself. Me neither. <laughs> When things like don't seem to quite make sense, I'm just kind of like, hmm. I need to dive in here and kind of understand what's going on,、uh, why it is the way it is, and if there's anything I can do about it. So、um, the reason I started Sensei was really from my corporate experience、uh, working in Taipei for the multinational company. I basically saw a lot of my, you know, super educated, experienced, really talented、uh, coworkers in Taiwan、um, struggle a lot with English whenever they had to give, you know, a work presentation or when we had 
meetings with folks who couldn't speak Chinese, um, even kind of like the simple day-to-day interactions with folks in our office who couldn't speak uh, Mandarin. You know, it, it kind of stressed my coworkers out and they would like avoid communication actually because they were just like, I'm really not comfortable speaking English. And uh, everybody had this sort of self-limiting belief that their English was really poor mm-hmm. when in fact it wasn't really. So I just kind of, you know, was quite puzzled because in Taiwan, uh, I don't know, I'm sure you know, actually, John, that the government mandates English education starting from, I believe, grade one. Mm-hmm. So all of my talented, smart colleagues have learned English for over 10 years, and yet in the you know professional world when it pretty much matters you know if you get promoted or you know your livelihood kind of depends on this kind of stuff if you work at a multinational company and have to speak english at work at times it just wasn't really there like the speaking proficiency wasn't there and so that's what kind of ignited this like curiosity and passion to just like figure out how to make the situation better because it really was in front of my face like i could see the impact that that fear of speaking english was impacting their lives like they couldn't get you know roles in like Singapore or like in the UK for example because it's a it was a British company uh, you know it was limiting folks um, in terms of like their career opportunities so I sought out to kind of diagnose the problem understand how English is being taught in Taiwan and if there's any way to kind of optimize and make things better yeah I and I just love that problem solving mentality that you have and that is something that we see in companies all the time it's just that their English actually is is probably okay but that that kind of that fear of not being perfect quote unquote is, is so limiting and 100%. yeah well well said and so you and your partners then came together and essentially made this as like a speaking output app and so could you take us maybe a little bit on the journey of of creating that i mean oh when God. did you launch like yeah what, oh what's the God. origin story the origin story all right john well uh given that i have no technical background the journey really started to find a technical co-founder like to find a technical partner who mm-hmm. could build the minimum viable product the mvp for this crazy idea hey, business that I had. 101 class right now yeah like <laughs> if you have an idea and you're not technical um you know your next step is pretty much to find out a way to really scrappily build an MVP. And it doesn't even have to be technical. So to be honest, like we, I kind of got really, I mean, it took a year to find my partner, but he's a very senior engineer and he was able to very quickly build an MVP. But to be honest, and this is what I advise like other friends or um, who are interested in starting um, businesses that are, that are tech-based, you probably in many cases don't need an actual um, coded uh, MVP. It can be like for for Sensei, for example, um, we did just like mockups of like in Figma or, you know, there's like tools where you can like kind of wireframe out something really, really simple. And we just like showed it to students and they could kind of like react to how they liked the, the exercise, the image, you know, we could kind of fake it. So uh, that was an easy way to get student feedback on what we were thinking about for for our concept that was really low cost. Like I could just download Figma for free and like mock up these images to just share with students and parents and teachers and kind of get their feedback. So I would encourage folks out there who um, have a really interesting idea to think outside of the box. Maybe you don't need a technical founder just yet. You can try to concept it yourself, even through like drawings. Like Mm -hmm. you could you could also just draw things yourself as well. Awesome. So cool. Yeah. So check it out. OK Sensei. Dot com. S E N S A Y. 
So it's a little bit, it's a play on the word, like the Japanese word sensei right, for sensei, teacher, yeah. but like S-A-Y because we're speaking-based hey, uh, platform. That's, yeah, so. that's, a good, that's, a pun, that's a pun right there for anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Okay, sensei. Awesome, Karen. Well, I just think it's so fascinating and, you know, I know all the ups and downs that come with creating a company and and dealing with so much of that so i wish you nothing nothing but success thank you john yeah so karen i think it's so cool you know obviously you're a female in tech and you're a founder and i know how difficult that world can be to navigate is any gender or race but can you share kind of your perspective what are some some really powerful things that you've had to overcome that you can maybe share with our audience yeah, such a great question, John. I think that, you know, for anyone, it doesn't really matter the gen- like gender race, like to, to your point, um, uh, self-doubt is often um, a thing that I think it does especially plague women for some reason, like how we're like socialized or whatnot growing up, um, uh, experiencing self-doubt and having to kind of like pick yourself up and make sure that you are still focused on your vision uh, for your your company. So, for example, at Sensei, a lot of folks ask us, why not just make it a consumer app? Like, go directly to the students, uh, less barriers, you know, like parent, whether it's like parents or working professionals, it's an easier target audience to kind of capture because they're the decision maker and they have probably a higher willingness to pay when it's their own um, learning uh, journey. And we have very um, intently from the beginning uh, positioned Sensei to be a tool actually for educators to use, for the teachers to use, and for schools to use. And um, staying true to that mission and not having the uh, you know self-doubt to creep in and, and to pivot and change when you hear feedback from like, you know, whether it's like mentors or investors or whoever, uh, I have to really stand my ground and remember why it is positioned for educators. And um, even though we might not be seeing as high of a growth rate or, you know, um, you know, skyrocketing revenue numbers or whatever, remembering the original mission and that we're trying to fix um, the way that education is um, done pedagogically in, in Taiwan and abroad, that is the mission. Like we are here to help teachers. So uh, having the kind of wherewithal to to always like stick true to your mission and original vision, even though along the way, you know, you you're getting a lot of pushback, perhaps. I think that's really important for founders, female founders, especially, but any founder. Right. Like, remember why what your original vision is and why you, you can stick to it. That's not to say you might not want to pivot if there is enough data to kind of make that a, a choice that makes sense. But for us at Sensei, like that specific positioning for our product has been something that I, um, you know, stand by 110% and will continue to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. And knowing that's the problem you're trying to solve, you know, and that's the creation of the company and knowing when it's time to pivot, if it pivots. Yeah, fine. But I I love that advice. Yeah. Well, well said. Thank you. 访谈上半段在一开始这边我们就有一个片语要来跟各位分享 Outside the realm. 好，这个 realm r e a l m， 它在这边指的是领域、范围
。好，所以刚才 Karen 提到他每个星期晚上播英文新闻的这个工作呢 ，It's not super outside of the realm， 就是在表达这种新闻媒体的工作性质对他来说，其实也不算是太超出他的专业领域。好，为什么嘞？因为其实他在大学的时候就是学传播的，所以也还算是在他了解熟悉的范围这样子。好，那不过有时候 realm 它也可以有王国的意思哦，像之前很红的那部影集《冰与火之歌》有没有《Game of Thrones》里面龙妈那一长串的头衔里面就有提到他是 protector of the realm， 好，就是说他是王国的守护者，好，或是像戏里翻译的全境守护者。再来，我们这位来自加州的 Karen， 四年前搬到台湾，本来是在一间跨国企业工作，那现在自己出来跟伙伴一起成立了一个叫做 Sensei 的线上语言学习工具，透过人工智慧系统呢，来帮助学生增加英文口说的练习机会。那当初会想要来成立一个这样子的语言学习系统，其实是因为。之前还在前公司工作的时候啊，遇到很多高学历背景的优秀同事，常常就是因为英文的口说能力不是那么好，而错失掉很多外派啊或是升迁的机会。但其实不是他们真的不会讲英文啊，或者是英文能力不好什么的，只是因为他们已经先入为主的给自己的内心设限，觉得自己就是不会讲而已。所以，我们这位热爱解决问题的 Karen 想来想去呢，就决定要来好好研究整个我们。台湾英文教育的问题点，好来帮助大家改善英文的口说能力。但因为 Karen 她本身没有跟科技工程有关的经验背景，所以就找来了一位资深工程师，也就是他的共同创办人，来帮忙建立一个最低可行产品，来测试 Karen 他这个创业想法的可行度。结果虽然人家很资深，也很快就把一个 MVP 做出来，但他后来发现其实也不太需要真的去做一个 MVP， 可以直接就以 Markup 的方式一个呃图稿模型，甚至直接手画，好简单去传达设计理念跟学习方法来给学生体验使用。那这边有个字，大家如果平常跟工程师的工作比较没有关相关性的话，可能就比较不会遇到。不过我们还是来听一下，不学白不学嘛，对不对 ？MVP 它就是 Minimum Viable Product， 好，就是刚才我们讲的最低可行产品或是最简可行产品。接下来 Karen 分享到的是他这一路走来在成立公司过程中遇到的一些难题，像他在创办 Sensei 的时候啊，很多人就会质疑他软体的设计方向。觉得为什么不直接就做一个以消费者为导向的 App 就好，让学生可以直接去使用、去操作，而不用还要透过老师、透过学校去给学生用。当然，我们有有收到回馈，有建议是很好，没错，说不定这样子公司也会比较赚钱。但是如果改成那样子的话呢，就会跟 Karen 一开始成立的初衷背道而驰。所以在这种被怀疑的时候，站稳自己的脚步不被影响很重要。尤其又是因为我们女性创办人，不要因为有人提出质疑就开始怀疑自己。好像 Karen 说的，当初会有做神社的想法，目的就是要改善英语教学方式，是要来帮助老师设计给老师的。好，那这边有个片语，大家来听一下 ：Stand your ground， 意思是站稳脚步，坚持立场。像这边刚才 Karen 说，他坚持当时的初衷，没有因为其他人的质疑而动摇，就是说 she stood 
her ground. 其他类似的片语还有像是 stand tall. 好，它可以用来表达自信的去做某件事情，或是像呃 stand on your own feet， 就是说独立自力更生的意思。好啦，那这段内容就先在这边告一段落。我们赶快继续听下半段的分享。And so transitioning a little bit to kind of the story of you, the story of Karen. So yeah, it sounds so mystical. I know. Well, it, it really is. It is magical. You know, growing up in LA, outside of LA, you said right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you take us through? You know what? What was your life like with language? Yeah, absolutely. So、uh, my parents immigrated from Taiwan、uh, in like the eighties, the early eighties. So I was my sister was born in Taiwan, but I was born in the states. And you know, like most immigrant families, my parents、uh, didn't speak English with us at home. They spoke, you know, Mandarin with us at home.、Uh, so I grew up、uh, really, I guess, immersed in both languages, like English, of course, you know, because we were in California, and then having exposure to Mandarin at home. And I, you know, like all good Chinese kids, you know, we had to go to Chinese after school to like learn. Um, Chinese, you know, growing up, so I learned like Bopomofa from a Taiwanese teacher. You know, I I learned、um, just the language from gosh, probably up until like middle school. I was still going to these like after school programs to learn Chinese. I remember those books like Wang Da Zhong, you know, like those old school Chinese books. I don't even know if they're still around anymore,、uh, but you know, that's kind of how I kept up with the reading and writing aspect of Chinese, and then speaking and listening at home to an extent. And I also did、um, study abroad in Beijing、uh, my last semester in undergrad. So I did、um, Beida. I did the the、um, Chinese program there. So I learned a little bit of simplified, and that's where I learned Pinyin. So it's been really cool to kind of have access to like both the Bopomofa and the Pinyin、um, for 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 Chinese. And I mean. I haven't been keeping up with it since then, so the memorization of the characters and everything has really fallen by the wayside because Chinese is just such a difficult language to kind of like retain and hold on to if you're not constantly kind of around characters and reading and and writing, and especially with texting now, you know, like writing is you know just basically just do it with your phone. So、mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, and then.、Uh, Yeah, speaking、uh, because it's an immersive environment. I live in Taipei for the past four years. Speaking has definitely picked up a lot for me, and and it's been probably the best it's ever been in my whole life、uh, be- because I'm here and having to use it daily. So, yeah, that's sort of、um, in a nutshell my experience with learning Chinese and then native speaking English. So never really had to learn it outside of you know the normal curriculum in the states. Yeah, yeah, very cool, and and it's it's so fun with my friends who kind of grew up in those bilingual households, just to see you know what was the day to day, and it's yeah, I just love hearing about. I know you didn't probably love it at the time, but you know, going to like Saturday Chinese school, and you're just like, ah. It was also Monday through Friday. Oh、Chinese、my god,、school. you had oh, it was it like proper like Pusiban style. Yeah, basically the <laughs>、oh、reverse style of Pusiban,、oh、<laughs> because very similar. Like you know, your parents are working, so you don't get picked up till like five or six p.m.、Yeah. So they, they, yeah, we do Chinese class like、There、in the afternoons、go. after school. No doubt, no doubt, and it makes me think too. You know, as you grew up bilingual. You've now moved here. You're more immersed in Mandarin all the time here, and you are a founder of a language startup. And so, you know, thinking about, we talked a little bit off air, the internet, right? We both work for ed tech companies. We're both online, and information is mostly in English or in Mandarin. And so, 
Can you share your perspective on that with our audience? Yeah, 100%. Um, so when I moved to Taiwan, you know, obviously, I noticed pretty quickly that most things in Taiwan are in traditional Chinese, um, including, you know, just like signs and, you know, what's on the street, what's like menus at restaurants and the internet, of course, like the media consumption here is quite local. Uh, folks are kind of really just consuming media in traditional Chinese. And it was a big uh, departure from what I was used to with, you know, mostly consuming media that was in, in English. And, um, you know, some some observations, just like you were saying, John, like most of the internet is in English or Chinese, uh, probably even less so traditional Chinese. I would say most of the internet, the, the Chinese we're talking about in terms of what's on the internet is, is in simplified Chinese. So if you think about the amount of information on the internet that is available in traditional Chinese, it's a very small slice in terms of the whole entire pie, which is mostly made up of English um, content. So that's why I really, really would encourage folks in Taiwan who want to have a more international outlook on things to get a, get a try to get more comfortable with reading or listening to things in English, because there's so much information that folks are missing out on if they really just want to consume it in traditional Chinese or if it's listening, just 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 Mandarin, um, because most things are not being translated, you know, into Mandarin. So so there's just so much more content in English that I think folks will have access to a more international perspective that way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, well said with that international perspective of consuming online, which most of the population now will start doing. You know, I think as we step into our parents' generation now, you know, we are the majority. The millennials are the majority. And it's like, yeah, everyone else now has the internet and they're going to grow up with the internet. And so being yeah. able to consume that information in, in multiple languages is yeah. so vital. And if you're a Taiwanese person listening to ICRT, you're already like light years ahead. So kudos, um, you know, for, for trying to get out of your comfort zone and listening to, uh, you know, folks who can kind of communicate in English because that's giving you a val hopefully a valuable perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. So thinking a little bit about your work time in Beijing, you were mentioning you have kind of a fun little story with yeah, your, your Mandarin. It's hilarious. I will, I will never, you know, I still chuckle when I think about it. Um, so, you know, my Chinese has deteriorated a lot, uh, you know, because I wasn't really living in Asia, right? I've spent most of my adult life in the States until I was like 31 or 32 years old. So my, uh, you know, my brain kind of like glitches. So this one time when I was in Beijing, uh, we were like at a restaurant and I was with a coworker and I was trying to think of the word for MSG in Chinese, which is Weijing, right? And I like gl brain glitched and I was like, oh, like, uh, which Yuejing is uh, Chinese for menstrual period. And my coworker almost like spit out her food. I was in her mouth like, cracking up and she was like, God, I hope not. And I was like, oh my God, did I say something wrong? Uh, so, you know, getting those really embarrassing like mix up of like the vocabulary. Uh, I, I don't know if I will ever live that down with, <laughs> with that coworker <laughs> where she was just dying. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a beautiful reminder of kind of the humility of language. And so, yeah, anyone listening always, you know, there's always those stories from any language. Yeah. You really have up. to have a sense of humor, right? Like when you're learning a language or getting comfortable speaking and trying out uh, new languages, have a sense of humor. It's totally 
just you know fun and it's an experience it's mm-hmm. not like you know you have to be like 100 percent perfect all the time it's it's just it's communication communication yeah no doubt no doubt Awesome, Karen. Well, unfortunately, we are coming to the end here on NG Hingwen. And a question I'd love to end with is if you could go back and talk to a younger Karen, would there be any advice you give yourself about business, language, or life? Oh, that's such a good question, John. Um, I think what I would say to like a younger Karen is to enjoy the journey a little bit more and that there aren't as many right or wrong answers as you think there are. Ooh. I love that depth. That's it. That's a beautiful one. Yeah. Mic drop. (laughs) Get out of here, she said. Yes. Well well said. To sum that up, yeah, there aren't so many right or wrongs. It's just about enjoying the journey. journey. That's right. Well said. Awesome. Well, Karen, where can people find your company online? Where can they find you on social media and maybe LinkedIn? Yeah, everyone, please check us out. Um, Sensei's website is uh, just oksensei.com, O-K-S-E-N-S-A-Y.com. And you can look for me on uh, a good channel would be LinkedIn, C-A-R-E-N-C-H-E-N. Uh, or you can find us on Instagram as well at OKSensei is our uh, Instagram handle. All right, Karen. Well, good luck with everything with the rest of the year and into 2022. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, John. 节目下半段这边 ，Karen 跟大家聊到的部分是她小时候在加州的成长过程。因为家里是台湾移民，所以从小当然是中文、英文同时在大脑轮流转换嘛。在家里讲中文，在学校讲英文，然后放学后呢，也会去中文学校跟台湾老师上课。那后来大学的时候呢，又到北大北京大学去上中文课，所以其实不管是汉语拼音还是注音符号 ，Karen 他都不陌生。只是因为后来就越来越少去练习，所以现在中文的读跟写方面也是嗯，不像以前那样比较没有那么练等了哈、哦。不过幸好因为住在台北，如果只是讲中文听中文的话，那真的程度像他说的，真的还是史无前例的好。他讲到这边的时候，他用到了一个片语 ，fall by the wayside。字面上意思是倒在路边，但它可以用来形容一个人做事半途而废，没能完成某件事情，或者它也可以表达某个事物被搁置、放弃、抛诸脑后。像假设今天你跟几个朋友本来计划讨论很久，要花他个半年哈去嗯环游世界。结果，这个环游世界的发起人呢，突然要退出，不参加了。那这个时候，为了不让原本好好的计划 fall by the wayside， 不让计划泡汤，剩下的旅伴呢，还是就继续按照原定时间出发，完成计划。再来，他们提到说啊，现在网络资讯虽然中文的也很丰富，但整体而言呢，大部分的资料还是都是用英文呈现的。所以各位听众朋友，真的，如果希望呃得到更多资讯的话，务必要去习惯听英文、读英文，甚至是实际的去用它。这样子不但可以得到两种语言的资讯，还可以增加我们的国际视野，以更多元、更国际化的角度去看事情。像听众朋友，现在你听 I C R T 听英文广播，就已经是在帮助自己走向世界，在接受英文讯息。所以就像 Karen 说的。Kudos to you, 真的很棒。
不过我们学语言有一点很重要，就是要多练习、多应用，而且真的要有幽默感、啊，然后要懂得把犯错、讲错看很开，因为没有人学学东西、学语言不会犯错的，啊，对不对？像 Karen 有一次，他就在餐厅吃饭，把味精讲成月经，乍听之下真的是很尴尬啦。但是现在也是变成笑话一则，听听就过了，对不对？而且因为这样子，让他从此完全记得味精跟月经的分别。好，最后 Karen 说，我们要懂得去好好享受生命，不要太去执着于找答案。好，人生里面没有那么多解答给你了，又不是参考书，解答就在后面。好，人生不是是非题，没有说什么事情一定是对，一定是错，要记得活在当下，享受生命的过程。好啦，那希望大家都有从这一次的内容学到一些东西。有兴趣的话呢，找个时间去了解一下他们的这个 OK Sensei 的语言学习工具吧。All right, bye everyone. Bye everyone. Peace. All right, well that is our NG English show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search. Ng Ingwen, or you can search on IG Ng English I C R T, and don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from six thirty to seven, and Wednesday night from nine to nine thirty. 好啦，今天的节目就到这边告一段落啦，感谢各位的收听，别忘了订阅我们的 Spotify 还有 YouTube 频道哦。那喜欢我们节目的话，也要记得到 Instagram 到 IG 上追踪我们哦。如果各位有什么其他问题是想要问来宾的，也请欢迎在底下留言告诉我们，我们一定会想办法帮你问到手。好啦，那就下周在空中相会喽，拜拜。